This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, and welcome to the Content Pros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is also brought to you by Vidyard, the best platform for creating, managing, and optimizing your video content marketing. And the show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. The hosts of the show are Randy Frisch and Tyler Lessard. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. Now, here's Randy, Tyler, and this week's special guest. Welcome to the Content Pros Podcast. I'm Randy Frisch from Uberflip. I've got Tyler Lassard joining me from Vidyard as my co-host here. And today we're going to dive into perhaps the part that goes way beyond content, which is a part that content lives in, the customer journey. What are those various steps that we have to map as marketers to figure out that first point of awareness or engagement all the way through to that person becoming a customer and potentially even an advocate. And, you know, one of the things that I talk a lot about at Uberflip with my team is that we've got to think about all the various channels that we're using to engage with people and make sure they overlap and then infuse that with content because people are looking for content in every way they engage these days. And I, I know, Tyler, for your team, that's a big aspect of how you to go to, go to market as well. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And we all know the value of content and, and what it can serve throughout the buyer's journey. But it's, you know, for a lot of us, I think it's easier said than done. We all think about, you know, what do we need at different stages and, and how do we how do we support that buyer's journey with content? But it's really difficult to get down to it and say, how do I, you know, really address those needs, not just at the top of the funnel, but all the way through that selling process. So, you know, super excited to have Stephanie Toddy here with us today, Director of Marketing from ExamSoft. Um, to talk a little bit about that and their content strategy. And, and you know, I think, Stephanie, your team has done some some pretty remarkable things, I think, given that you've got a number of different unique audiences that you need to serve, dare I say personas, um, that I think have very different needs, very different expectations. Um, you know, but I think your team has done a great job focusing in on the kinds of content you're serving up and, and how you're delivering not only to, to one persona throughout the journey, but to multiple. So um, with that, maybe you could quickly introduce yourself and, and talk a little bit about uh, what you you've been up to and, and your uh, your background at ExamSoft. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so so I'm, I'm Stephanie Toddy. I'm the Director of Marketing for ExamSoft. I've been with ExamSoft for about five years now. Um, and uh, it's, we have, I think everybody feels like they have a very uh, specific or niche audience that they're working with when you're in the B2B world. Um, but ExamSoft caters to uh, higher education. We're an assessment software that can be used at whatever level of education um, you would want. But specifically, we cater to kind of graduate level uh, professional programs, law schools, medical schools, schools of pharmacy, nursing, health sciences, a smattering of undergraduate programs and, and private K-12. But for the most part, we're working with the with the graduate level um, professional programs. Um, so when we started really working on our customer journey and creating the content to go along with that customer journey, we had to think about 
well, A, all of the different disciplines that we cater to, because obviously our messaging or content um, when we're talking to somebody within a nursing education program is very different than what it would be for a legal education program. And then within each discipline that we cater to, uh, we have to think about uh, our personas, right? So again, if we're looking at a nursing school versus a law school, how I speak to the IT director for a nursing school would be very different from how I speak to a faculty member, et cetera. And then obviously within each persona, then you have all these different pain points because maybe the IT director at nursing school A, is the, their pain point is different than nursing school B. You can see where this gets like super granular, super quick. Um, and it was very important to us that we have content that speaks to the benefits of our software for every single uh, different, I guess, spoke on that kind of uh that map. Um, so we went through and we made just spreadsheets on spreadsheets on spreadsheets of for this discipline and these roles and for these pain points, this is our messaging. And these are the four different pieces of content that we either have or need to create for each one of those pain points that map to a persona, that maps to a discipline, et cetera. Uh, and so, you know, we wanted to make sure we had a video and a blog post and a, a PDF one pager or um, a downloadable e-reader that we could have for every single one of those pain points um, to map back. And then also, you know, then once you get through with that first, I guess, level, um, then you're also thinking about like once they get post-demo, um, which is kind of like for us that big threshold and when we're passing off to outside sales, our content obviously changes, our messaging changes, um, what our prospective clients are interested in learning at that point changes. So then we have to create this whole another layer of content that speaks to them as well. So we have a lot of content. <laughs> so it's a good thing your marketing team is what, 150, 200 people? Is that right? Uh, no, <laughs> there's there's seven of us. That includes our, our VP of marketing. Uh, so we're we're super busy. We're super busy, and we create a lot of content. But a big portion of our content creation strategy uh, actually utilizes our our actual clients, um, our our ambassador, or I guess market term would would be um, client evangelists. Um, we call them ambassadors, is is so incredibly important to, to us. I've spent the past five years main, growing and maintaining that, that program. Um, and it used to be where I would call up the dean of a medical school and get hung up on. And now, like, I have people knocking on my doors, really wanting to work with us because uh, it's beneficial for them as well in several different ways. Um, but we, all, we honestly rely on our clients a lot to help us uh, create and then distribute that content. That's really interesting. Can you Tell us a little bit more specifically what you mean by that. Like, are they fueling you with ideas for content or are they actually writing a post for you? And do you, have you given them access to do that with certain guidelines? How, how do you manage that? Because it, it seems like an amazing blessing to have. But, you know, I'm sure a lot of us would be like, oh, I'd, I'd be a little worried to, to let them free in there. Yeah. Well, we don't actually let them loose inside uh, any of our, you know, our softwares or programs. Like we don't put them in Uberflip and say, hey, create a blog post here. <laughs> like that, that, that could get messy, like super fast. Um, 
I have uh, at this p- moment in time um, about 80 active client ambassadors. They are from all different educational disciplines. They are from all different roles. Um, and I just I let them do as little or as much as they want. I have some ambassadors who are actively on the phone with me um, and saying, hey, I came up with this really great new idea. I would love to do a video or I would love to write a blog post or I want to speak at this conference. Would you support that? Um, who are actively working with me and, and giving me new ideas. Um, and then I have ambassadors who are really great at actually hosting a webinar or speaking at a conference or writing a research paper. But I really have to um, put that idea in front of them and and push them to create for me. Uh, it, and some of them do one project a year. Some of them do 17 projects a year. It really just, I let them decide how involved they want to be because obviously I know they have a quote, normal full-time regular job as well. Probably right several, you know. Um, So I I let them um, be as active or inactive as they want. Um, I do compensate them for their work as well, uh, which is a big motivator for a lot of them. Um, It's a little side gig that that they take to and that they really like. Some of them really enjoy doing. Um, And it's good. It's good uh, professional advancement for them as well. Academics are expected um, to uh, create and maintain what they call scholarly activities to add to their their uh, their CV. And this is a really great opportunity for them to both satisfy that requirement as part of their job and then also, you know, make a little side money and work with a company they like. I think that's a great idea. How, so how much of your content has become uh, generated by these ambassadors versus created by your, your lean team of seven? Well, 100% of our webinars. So we do, I would anywhere from one to four webinars a month. And honestly, it's it's as many as I can book. So if I can book four in a month, I'll do four. If I only can get one, you know, sometimes the years are more busy for for academics than others, obviously. Um, and nobody's in the office in, in December, so I don't usually book anything in December. Um, I, I every single webinar that that we host is presented by uh, an ambassador by a client. Uh, we don't we don't do any of that content ourselves. Uh, so that's all created by them. Um, blog posts are you know written content is usually like 50 50. Um, I have some that are really engaged, really like writing, and also play to their strengths, right? So if I know somebody isn't a really great speaker and is going to get nervous and is not going to be the best fit for maybe presenting at an, at an educational conference, but they love of writing, like we'll pr- play to those strengths. And so I'll have them write a couple of blog posts for me. Just depends. That's great. So I'm curious, let's dig in on the webinar and tie this back to the customer journey, perhaps. Uh, it sounds like you've really adopted webinars as, as a big part of your content strategy. Um, I assume both you know, running them, you're able to generate leads. I assume that they act as part of the library that you have and you probably probably can serve them up in you know, a really good video tool or something like that that you may have. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> but, but why... You know, where does this map to your customer journey? Is, is, is the webinar where you, you meet your audience for the first time or is it something that moves them along that journey? How do you think about that? Webinars specifically are really great for us because we cater to academia because what is it, right? It's it's usually a 30 to 60 minute like presentation. It's a lecture, right? So it's a content form that they're familiar with and that they are used to digesting. Um, so it works at all levels of our funnel. Um, it's, it's 
it's searchable. Uh, we use Vidyard, so it's really great for we store all the webinars there, and then we we get them onto our resources hub. It's really great for um, you know those for the the brand new people to find us and and enter into that funnel. It's a great legion source, um, and then it also works for you know. Well, we found through our initial phone call, our sales initial phone call, or like during the demo, that our prospective client is really interested in this pain point topic. And so then we've got. I mean, we have hundreds of them, hundreds like a whole library of client created uh, academics people that they that will resonate with them telling them how they use our software to actually affect positive change within their educational programs and it's in a form and in a in a content form that they're used to and that they understand and that will work for them and so we can just send them a link and it's great it's also really great for current clients right so this is just additional a library to send to clients who you know they they're using our platform but they're not doing everything that maybe they could be doing it where they really want to take that next step so here's four resources here's four lectures on how other med schools are really going above and beyond with using our software to affect change it's it's throughout throughout the entire customer journey um, and, and and beyond. It's it's great content. Yeah, I, I love that uh, the point there of of really aligning to you know the expectations of your audience, right? And I think you know we do you know we do webinars as well, uh, but in our market we're serving you know marketing and and sales teams, and we've actually found a lot more success with shorter webinars because their expectations are are different, and uh, you know what they're looking for tends to be a little bit different. So it was really interesting when we started doing and, and at promoting some of our webinars as ten minute, or we do webinars with with. Bear, where it's a nine minute webinar. And we've seen really great success with that. And I think it's, you know, the webinar is a format that works. People sort of understand the expectation. It's opportunity to, to engage with, with somebody who's a thought leader. Um, but, you know, finding that right kind of style, maybe even that right length, the right format for it uh, might depend on your audience. And there's, there's lots of different ways that you can do that. Um, but, you know, the one other thing, and I'm curious what, what you guys do is I always find the webinars are the gifts that keep on giving. And, you know, to your point, like you can mm. use them at various points in the customer journey. We do the same thing where where they're promoted, you know, maybe through some third party channels for new lead gen. They're promoted into our existing base as a nurture tool. And, and to your point, we'll track who actually watches how long they engage and use that to, to fuel, um, you know, sort of our, our nurture programs and, and our sales development. Um, and they're things that our sales team shares with people as as kind of, you know, no ask touches where they'll go out and say, hey, we've got this great webinar on this topic. You know, I'm not asking for anything of you. I just thought you might find it helpful. Um, and then we, we repurpose them in blog posts and lots of other ways. So it's, uh, I, I love them from, from that perspective. Um, I'm curious if you guys, you know, do different things, you know, with your webinars um, and, you know, rather than just, yeah, sort of a, a one and done. I mean, you touched on kind of using them, but use them in blog posts, use them in other ways. So, yeah, so we have, they get repurposed um, in, in several different ways. They get repurposed to blog posts. Um, we have a couple of gung-ho ambassadors who really like working with video who actually will, will right. redo them for us in, in more bite-sized chunks. Um, so uh, I've got a couple of ambassadors who just will say, hey, I know I recorded this 45-minute webinar for you, um, but I would really like to just do like a quick video of just me going through the key points and do it in less than 10 minutes. So we have several that are, um, that are broken up in, in that type of format. Um, we also, webinars are honestly um, a really good way for me to vet 
my uh, my ambassador's speaking performance. Um, so honestly, as much as I love webinars, where where we really see um, our ambassadors shine is when they uh, speak at conferences on our behalf. So they'll submit an abstract for an educational conference that if it has anything to do with either our software or data that they've extracted from our software, affected learn, teaching and learning, um, they'll submit an abstract. And if they get accepted, you know, we'll support them financially to attend that webinar or that, um, that conference. But obviously, if I'm I'm going to pony up the budget for something like that. I want to make sure that they're going to be an engaging speaker and that the the content that they're uh, or the messaging that they're actually sending out there is is something that exams will be beneficial for ExamSoft. Uh, so I use them in, in a number of different ways. Every everything from vetting my ambassador's speaking techniques and content to um, you know to repurposing for in different formats um, for different types of consumables. I love it. I just I love this whole topic of um, you know user generated content and, and leveraging the community to uh, uh, to create great content. It's something we've touched on a few times here on Content Pros, but it's uh, it's just such a scalable way. But I also think it's a great way to create super authentic content right from the from the market that's pure validated and um you know and that uh, so i just like one question on that is what have you found to be successful in helping you build out that community of of advocates um i mean you mentioned there's you know you guys have the ability to do some incentives and things like that but you know if you look back and think about you know what what you did um was it just being disciplined about sort of building that community building the relationships or were there any any tips or tricks you can share with people that are thinking about doing the same kind of thing I would say the number one reason why our ambassador program has been so successful is that I compensate them, that I'm not asking them to do work for free because it is free. I mean, it is, I mean, it is work, um, you know, for them to take time off of work and go speak at a conference or for them to put together a presentation and then provide a, a webinar for them to write a 600 2000 word blog post and and gosh for sure if they're going to be drafting an actual research paper which could be you know 15 pages long that's actual work and so I feel very strongly as a professional um, and as a content creator myself that nobody should work for free, especially if somebody else is benefiting from that work. I mean, this is evergreen con- content that's going to live on ExamSoft's website forever, right? And we're going to get use out of it from years and years and years. We're going to repurpose it. Uh, we're going to gate it. We're going to use it in emails and, and other forms of lead gen. And we're going to reap all the benefits. The creator should be compensated for that. I feel I find that my ambassadors, um, as soon as they understand that I, I value them as um, both an educator uh, and as a professional in their field, and it, you know, money talks, right? So I, I really feel like the personal connections that that I've created with all of them, which I have, and it's taken a really long time, that. Those only go so far, but the fact that I I show my appreciation and how much I value their work monetarily speaks volumes to them. Uh, that means a lot. Eh? You know, it, it sounds like you've built a real relationship with your audience, uh, which is something we say all the time. But I think you've you've done so in a really unique way, Stephanie. So, uh, you know, kudos to you on that. I, I want to dig more into some of this webinar stuff too. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick pause here from the podcast. Hear from a couple of our sponsors both of which you use being Uberflip and Vidyard. And then we'll come back and we'll, we'll talk about gating some of these assets, which you touched on along the way. 
Hey everybody, this is Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, reminding you that Content Bros is sponsored by Uberflip, a cloud-based platform that helps marketers like you create personalized content experiences to showcase the content you've created. You, not IT, you can create engaging content hubs that your audiences will love. I use it all the time. My team uses it all the time. With Uberflip, you'll deploy content faster, accelerate your lead gen, and enable your sales team with personalized content throughout the sales cycle. Go to uberflip.com pros, uberflip.com pros to find out how you can be a content pro by showing your company that the content experience matters. The show is also brought to you by my friends at Vidyard, the new generation video platform that helps you unlock the power of video today. Love, love, love Vidyard. Use it all the time. Super easy, interactive, personalized video experiences. You can boost your online conversion rates, track the true performance of your video content well beyond the view count. Visit vidyard.com today to see how you can use video to deliver better results across all of your marketing programs. Also want to remind you that my team and I at Convince and Convert have a brand new free ebook I'd love for you to take a look at. Go to bit.ly slash broken content. That's bit.ly slash broken content. It's called The Four Ways to Fix Your Broken Content Marketing. Put a lot of work into it. I think you'll love it. Thanks as always for listening to Content Pros. Now, back to the show. We're back here on Content Pros with Stephanie Toddy, and, and we've been talking a lot about the customer journey and the different types of content. One of the, the ideas that seems to be working really well for you, both through using your, your ambassadors as well as format for content that, as we said, keeps giving, is the webinar. And along one of your answers, you talked about you know, the fact that you would gate them a lot during the customer journey. And I'm wondering what your stance is on gating. I know I found some of your kind of on-demand webinars in your resource hub, which sit there ungated. You know, it's more of a passive gate that if you want to opt in to say a demo of ExamSoft or a demo uh, with, or, or just subscribe to more content than you can do so. How do you decide when to gate different assets at what stage? Oh, that's such a good question. And, you know, full disclosure, I, I am not sure that I am the the best person to advocate for gating content. And I know that goes against everything a, a content marketer is supposed to believe in practice. Um, we do gate um, some of our content. Uh, uh, all of our content is housed uh, within our, our Uberflip resources hub. Um, and so what I do is usually once a quarter, I will go in and I will pull the reports that Uberflip provides us on what pieces of content are within each stream are performing uh, the best. And generally, those are the pieces of content that I will gate. So it's different depending on uh, which stream you're in. Um, as to as to what's going to be gated and what's not going to be gated, uh, we I can't tell you how many times that we've sat around uh, the the boardroom table within the marketing department and just argued back and forth on yes we should gate everything we should be taking an email address from everybody um, to like well no we should be making sure our content is available we don't want to turn people away we want it to be consumable for everybody. Um, I will say that especially with our videos, one of the really great things that we love about Vidyard is that, you know, if we already have that person's information, um, uh, you know, with, within the system, we, we know who's watching our videos, which was one of the, the huge motivators for, for us signing up with them. If I know that, that Dr. Jane Smith from Yale nursing, whatever has watched, has, 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 
is watching my videos, um, and I know that all three of those videos are on a specific topic, um, I know that I can email, or I can pass that information off to my inside team and that they're going to email her and, and engage her in that specific topic. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's that's the value of, of insight and knowing what's working and, and plays back to everything you're talking about on these debates, right? You know, it's that's the power of having all this data, I suppose. But, you know, going back to something that I, I think both you and Tyler were saying earlier is that the, the customer journey is not linear. It's not the same for everyone. And that's why I think a lot of us debate it so much because what you know, what worked for one person or when they used an asset along the journey may change from one person to the next. Right. We have so many different contexts that ends end up as an opportunity influencer. Uh, and so, you know, we're going to have content that is digested by, by one contact that is associated with an opportunity that is going to be completely different from what another influencer with an opportunity um, is, is interested in. Uh, so, somebody's going to drop off the face of the map or they were going to get through a demo and then they're all going to drop off the face of the map. Um, and then we have to find a way to re-engage them, right? So if we can collect that information about what contact A versus contact B versus contact C was interested in, we can go back them and we can continuously re-engage them with the correct um, type of content. If I know that contact A is only interested in security benefits and that they're like an avid video watcher, then that's what I'm going to send them. That's what I'm going to tell my inside sales team to send them. If contact B has been all over um, content regarding, gosh, I don't know, uh, learning outcomes. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to send them. Um, so being able to track all of those different things, but then also getting it in, in front of my sales team is so, so, so important. I think that's, you know, it's one of the things that I've found is, you know, interesting about the use of content. And, and I try to instill within our team is that it's not just a lead generation mechanism, right? We got to be careful about not just turning it into in, in, into clickbait, if you will. Um, but that to me, a lot more of the value is in, you know, that lead nurturing is in that education through the buyer's journey, um, and then using the insights to help qualify and, and understand the buyers better. And that's why I love so much these ideas of being able to track actual engagement in, you know, whether it's a, an ebook or a customer story or a video or a webinar, because I'd rather focus on service up content that's going to help me better understand my buyers, you know, than I am, you know, as something to, to try to get their, you know, I mean, getting their email address is great. Let's be honest. We, we all, <laughs> we all have to generate leads. Right. But, but I think it's a missed opportunity <laughs> for a lot of people who don't think about that idea of, you know, how can I use content specifically to, to not only nurture my base, but to better understand them and to learn what they're engaging in, how long they're engaging in different types of content and use those insights to build a more efficient, you know, marketing and, and sales engine. And I think that's a big future of content personally is, is that notion and, and that, that idea of the value of the insights and, and how it can help us, you know, be, be better marketers and, and better sales teams. I mean, if it was as easy as just getting the email address, like our jobs as marketers <laughs> would be a thousand times easier, right? <laughs> if that was all that went into this, I mean, gosh, absolutely. I'll write blog posts and clickbait all day long to grab email addresses. But what it comes down to is, uh, you know, my job is to make sales' job easier. Uh, so if, I, if I'm creating content around specific topics or pain points because our software is so robust and there's so many different reasons why people would be interested in it, if I can figure out what that interest is, 
um, and get that to my sales guys ahead of time so that they can then personalize the demo to that contact um, to be specific to, to what they're looking for. I mean, that makes their job easier. It makes my life easier in the, in, in the, in the long run because they're going to get through way more demos and be more successful in getting contracts signed. Wow, that's that sounds like uh, what every salesperson wants to hear. Uh, you just uh, preach to every salesperson out there, I think. <laughs> well, we have we have a really good relationship with our sales team. Um, I, I I feel like I talk to other marketers, and it's the old adage like sales versus marketing. Um, you know, who's at fault for not hitting numbers, or you know. It, who wants what? And it, that that's honestly not my experience here at ExamSoft. We work very closely with our sales team. And honestly, our the marketing team, we just re- we feel like we feel like we are a mini agency. And the the seven of us are a little bitty agency and that all we are here to do is to make sales's lives easier. Whatever they resources they need to uh, schedule demos and get contracts signed, that's what we will do. Um, we very, very rarely say no to anything they ask for. To, to bring that sort of full circle back to the to the topic we were focusing on, I think, you know, having that, you know, buyer's journey and that customer journey centric mindset as a marketing team goes such a long way with driving that sales and marketing alignment. Because I think that, you know, not enough people, you know, spend that time like you like you talked about, Stephanie, of like just grueling it out with the spreadsheets and going, okay, who are we really targeting? What do we need at each stage? Not just the top of the funnel, but but at each stage of the buyer's journey and then getting buy-in and alignment with the sales team that these are the right, you know, messages, that this is the right content and um, and, and taking that kind of approach as opposed to, you know, I think what many marketers do, which is take a very top of funnel approach to saying, you know, I'm going to do things that are going to generate the most inbound interest and then I'm going to hand the lead over to sales and let them take it from there. So I think there's a, a lot of intersection in these ideas. And it's something that I've found that, uh, you know, and, and also within our team, we, we've really built good marketing and sales relationships. And I think it's back to that idea of, of having that full funnel mentality and how can you help sales not only with a new lead, but how your content strategy helps them progress deals, nurture deals and, and ultimately close them. Well, guys, we're, we're running low on time here, but Stephanie, at the end, we always like to get to know our guests outside. And, and I've been trying to think what to ask you because, you know, both of us work with you through our companies. Um, but, you know, usually I'm not supposed to do this with content because we talked about, you know, using webinars or using podcasts over and over. But I'm going to date this podcast a bit by saying we're leading into the holiday season, right? And so my segue here is you just talked about all the gifts that you give to the sales team, right? You know, you're there gifting whatever they need. When do you, and Tyler, you can jump in here too. When do each of you start to do your holiday shopping? Because we're we're closing in and, you know, the big question is like, when does that start for you? What, what's the trigger date? Um, I wish that I could say that I started my holiday shopping months ago, but that is that would be a big fat lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me and my family, I am one of those uh, ridiculous uh, Americans who uh, like Black Friday is when like we have Thanksgiving on Thursday and then that night I start shopping. Um, it's when all the quote good sales are and it's kind of tradition at this point. So that's when I that's when I start my shopping craziness. Uh, I, I hate to admit it, but I am such a last minute guy when it comes to this. And uh, I usually wait until there's a good layer of snow on the ground up here in Toronto uh, before I get my head wrapped around the holidays. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it'll probably still be a couple of weeks before it uh, it registers in my mind. 
Nice. I, I think we're all just to be called Generation Amazon, <laughs> right? It's just, you know, the mindset, yeah, it's, it's my kid's birthday this week. And my wife and I are like, so what can Prime <laughs> deliver overnight? <laughs> you know, like, what can we get? And will they gift wrap it? That is absolutely a thing. I have two kids myself. And yeah, Amazon Prime for the win. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, Stephanie, thanks so much for, for joining us on Content Pros. Ton of fun, you know, talking to you and, and understanding how you think of the entire customer journey and, and really how content's being mapped there. And I think that's the key takeaway for a lot of us is, as you said, you didn't necessarily even do it in the most you know, overly cumbersome way. You started with spreadsheets. You you map the key pieces of content you needed, and you accomplish this with a really you know lean team to to accomplish amazing things at Examsoft over the last five plus years. So you know, kudos to you and your team. And uh, on behalf of Tyler and myself, thank you so much for joining. For those listening into the podcast, you can find all of our other episodes at Content Pros Podcast. Com. We're also on iTunes and Google Play, and Stitcher, wherever you find your, your podcasts. Be sure to find this one and please let us know what we can do better. Until next time, this is the Content Pros Podcast. This is Jay Bear and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com.